a really precious birthday falls out on Shabbos and you fulfill the local minhag of calling Publix and ordering a sheet cake uh, for the whole family to celebrate the birthday. And you instruct strict instructions as to how the cake should be, should be constructed so that there are no Shabbos issues. However, when the cake comes on a late Friday afternoon, it has gasp writing on it. <laughs> the, they didn't put it on an extra sheet. They didn't put it on the side. It's on the cake itself. So now the question is what to do. How do we deal with birthday cakes with writing on it? Once we're at, along those lines, you also order some great candy to celebrate the birthday. And there's, there's writing all over the wrappers. So another issue, another time in which we face this issue of lettering and erasing lettering on Shabbos. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a venture which is stuck closed. <clears throat> and by opening it, you may be tearing some letters. So this week in the Shabbos Learning Project, we are continuing our, uh, our learning. Last week, we dealt with writing on Shabbos, the biblical prohibition against writing. And this week, we're going to talk about erasing, erasing on Shabbos. As we know, the malachas, the creative acts that are prohibited on Shabbos, are derived from the Mishkan, from the various creative acts that were included in the building or in the service of the Mishkan. So where's the source for erasing in the Mishkan? So last week we discussed, we talked about how they used to mark off the various planks, the krushim of the Mishkan, and they would mark them off so that we would know exactly where they were supposed to be um, reassembled once the Mishkan was disassembled. In the course of writing those marks on the various planks to keep track of them, the craftsmen would sometimes make a mistake in their markings, and they would have to erase those markings or those letters in order to rewrite or to re-engrave or to re-etch the same markings in those crushing in those beams. That is the source of the prohibition of erasing on Shabbos. This uh, provides some comfort. It's comforting to know that even in the holiest of tasks, with the holiest and most skilled and select craftsmen, even there mistakes can happen. But on Shabbos, our work is complete. We don't lament incomplete tasks or mistakes of the past. We don't deal with that part of our service. It's true that Shabbos does have some tshuva elements to it. The commentaries point out that Shabbos shin beis tough and teshuva tough shin beis have the same letters. But it's more about a return to ourselves, to our state that is above and before sin, uh, or to look ahead to the world to come, Shabbos is me'ein olam haba, where we, have, we are above and past our sins. Point is that the source for this malacha is those skilled craftsmen that made mistakes. And it's comforting to know that mistakes can be made, and it's also comforting to know that we have this 24-25 hour period of Shabbos where we don't delve into our mistakes, but we enter into another plane in which it is prohibited to erase. We don't deal with our mistakes on that level. There is no depression, there is no sadness, there is no mourning on Shabbos. And we also don't uh, go about erasing our mistakes, even though we may be fixing our mistakes through entering into the elevated holy state of Shabbos. So let's learn more about the practical, the halachic ramifications of this malacha of erasing. So number one, it's important to know that destructive activity usually does not qualify as a malacha. I keep interpreting, translating the word malacha as a constructive act. 
Um, and that is because if it is not constructive, if it is destructive, then usually that does not incur a biblical prohibition. Similarly, in this case, the erasing, which is biblically prohibited, is mechika almanas lichtov. It is erasing in order to write, as the craftsmen did in the Mishkan on those krushim, um, on those um, planks of the Mishkan. However, this may be true on a biblical level, but there is still a rabbinic prohibition against destroying or erasing letters or distinguishing marks, even without a constructive purpose. It's good to note, often in halacha, it's important to differentiate between something which is biblically prohibited and something uh, which our great sages have taught us of a prohibition to safeguard us against the biblical prohibition. It's still prohibited, but in extenuating circumstances or sometimes with a combination of factors in consultation with a rabbinic or halachic authority, there can be leniencies in which the rabbinic prohibitions can be lifted or suspended. So now, one place in which this prohibition to erase, even without a constructive purpose, uh, comes into play is in opening packages and wrappers, food packages. So there were no food packages in the days of the early postkim. So how do we source? How do we understand? How to approach our contemporary food packages? We have to look to precedent in halacha and understand how the early sources would understand our case. So fortunately, there is a very similar um, example, and that is um, birthday cakes, the, uh, the topic that we started with. From the birthday cake, we're going to learn to several other instances. Last week, one of the primary sources we dealt with was a response, a tshuva of the Ramah, uh, regarding writing on the side of a book, and that really drove several contemporary applications. This week, once again, the Ramah's glosses to the Shulchan Aruch is where he records citing an earlier um, very important source, the Maram, Rav Meir Mirottenberg, that source indicates that it is forbidden to cut through a cake that has lettering on it on Shabbos, and the Ramah records it and codifies it in the Shulchan Aruch, Orachim Simen Shinmem 340. So the Ramah says it is forbidden to cut through a birthday cake with lettering on it. Now it's important to note that there are some towering halachic figures and the sizes like that of the Nodib Yehuda, Rabbi Chesko Landau, who in our family we call Zaidi Landau, because we're proud of our lineage that somehow links up to him in some distant way. In any case, his glosses on the Shulchan Aruch, called the Dagar Melvava, uh, he um, takes issue, he argues with the Ramah, and his position is that there are several mitigating factors uh, in this case, um, to, the, to the point where it moves this scenario so far away from the biblical prohibition so as to make it actually permitted. Among them, he notes, as we said above, erasing not done for the purposes of writing, in other words, a destructive act, uh, is knocks the prohibition down from a more stringent biblical prohibition down to a rabbinic prohibition. And there are other factors as well. Uh, there's the fact that this is being done in a backhanded, backhanded or indirect way, and several other factors combine to um, form his opinion, which is that would be permitted. Now, interesting as a side note, the Ramah didn't, didn't make it up. The Ramah is based upon the Maharam, as we said earlier, of Meir Mirottenberg. So how does the Dagum Ravava, you know, a, a, a primary principle in halachic um, analysis, is that later authorities 
um, don't usually have the right or the authority to argue on earlier authorities. The closer back we get to Matan uh, Torah, to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Harsinai, to the earlier parts of our tradition, the more authoritative that position becomes, and it can't be just pushed aside with some even very brilliant halachic reasoning. Very often we have to go back and figure out how to interpret or understand the earlier sources. So how does the Dagomer Vava, the, the Rabbi Chesgal, land of Nodi Bihuda, all the same person, how does he explain the case of the Maram, who writes that destroying a cake is prohibited? This destroying a cake with lettering on it is prohibited. So he says, he offers, that in the early days, you know, we, we think of a birthday cake as being a fairly modern invention, and perhaps it is. The case of the Dagomer Vava, I don't think, is referring to a birthday. I forget it was referring to some other occasion, but part of the uh, procession involved cutting a cake that had lettering on it, and it was supposed to be some sort of a segula, some sort of auspicious omen uh, that would bring upon you know good tidings, good things, blessings, brachos. Um, unclear exactly how that would work, but the point is that when they cut the cake, it wasn't actually an act of destruction. It wasn't an act of removing of negativity. It was an act of construction. It was bringing up about the bracha, uh, of that was involved in cutting the cake. And so he reasons that the case of the Maram, the source of the, of the Ramah's stringent ruling, ruling, was actually a different scenario, a special skula, a special minug, in which cutting the cake was, uh, was a positive thing. So I don't know if the same thing can be translated to our contemporary birthday cakes. It's certainly fun, but I, I don't know if it carries with it some you know, higher spiritual uh, meaning. In any case, to summarize the take-home halacha, um, the Mishnabura sides with the Ramah and forbids cutting the cake with lettering on it. However, when it comes to eating the cake, so you're not going to take a knife and cut through it, but to eat the cake that has letters on it, those delicious frosted letters, that is where the Mishnabura allows this uh, destruction in the course of eating and uh, combines with several of the, several of the other lenient uh, factors that we discussed above, that would allow for eating the cake. So bottom line is cutting the cake is prohibited, but eating the cake um, directly would be permitted. So what can be done if there is a Shabbos birthday? Um, you know, does the child actually advance a year, get a year older, an adult? Can you get older without having a birthday cake? Um, so what's done when, uh, when there's the necessity to cut that cake on Shabbos. So you can breathe a sigh of relief. There are a few solutions. Aside from what has become pretty standard practice, which is just to have a, um, the lettering on top of some sort of plastic, which is resting on top of the cake, and before cutting it on Shabbos, the lettering can simply be removed. So that, that, that has become a, like a pretty standard option, especially in, um, in from sensitive bakeries. Uh, it doesn't have the same, doesn't carry with it the same fun as cutting the actual letters, but that is a Shabbos option. But there are some other solutions. One creative solution is to pre-cut pieces before Shabbos. Um, if you cut in between the letters, we learned last week that there are several poskim who differentiate between cutting the letters themselves, which is a problem, versus cutting in between the letters, meaning separating letters that are part of a word, um, according to many, would not be a problem. So that's one solution. Um, another solution, uh, according to Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, would be to have the cake pre-cut. Even if you are breaking letters, as long as it is pre-cut before Shabbos, so there's a 
sharp slice in between the letters, and then you're just pulling them apart, so they're not actually connected. You're just pulling apart pre-cut pieces. That would be permissible. If you remember last week, it's similar to the notion of opening and closing a book um, in which there's a break in the letters, and there are uh, leniencies when there's no other option. That's uh, leniency number two. And number three would be to just pick up the cake and take a bite out of it, because uh, as we said above, um, even though cutting the cake would be a problem, eating it is not a problem. Um, I should also point out that this is a, we're talking about cutting letters or meaningful shapes. If there are just like some squiggles or some basic designs, uh, there wouldn't be an issue in cutting those. Um, and uh, in addition, I should point out that we're also, th- this is all about a cake with frosting on top of it. So there's like an ink and a surface. So there's the frosting and there's the cake. But if you have a scenario in which the entire, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, I, I, got, I, was, I was shown this this past year. There's this minhag, which is maybe subject to a different podcast, the Shlissel Chala, baking a key into the Chala on the Shabbos following Pesach um, is a tradition that some have. Uh, others are very against it. Um, always is a hot topic, topic of conversation post-Pesach. Uh, but there was somebody who had a very creative idea. Rather than baking a, ke- a key into the cake, um, which can be perilous sometimes. I rem- I'm remembering, I think, one year we did it with, we lived in Israel, and we had those uh, Rav Bariach, those plastic keys. I mean, there's a metal key with a big plastic end to it, like a, a handle, because you have to turn pretty, pretty hard to unlock those uh, very strong multi-bar doors. Um, anyway, those are plastic, so it's not a good idea to include that in your Shlissel practice. But uh, getting back to this, there was um, a, another option that I saw recently in which instead of baking a key into the, into the chala, the person actually made the chala in the shape of a key. It was a, a, a very uh, artistic you know, key design, those like old-fashioned keys, um, and made a chala in that shape. So would there be an issue of cutting that challah on Shabbos? I mean, you're cutting a, a shape, uh, a tziur, a meaningful shape. So the answer is that the halacha is that the issue is cutting, a, um, cutting into or destroying lettering. Lettering means that you have, um, as I said, something that acts as ink, an agent on top of something else or embedded in something else. But if it's the actual material of the cake itself or the material of the challah itself, it's not ink, or some, some, some substance written on top of some other substance, it's the actual um, form of the cake itself, then that is permitted to, to cut. That's not considered to be writing. Okay, let's get to two final items for this week, and then you'll have enough knowledge uh, both to, um, to do well on the SLP quiz this week and also to do, do well in facing these issues on, on Shabbos itself. Go, you open the cabinet, time to take out uh, a snack for Shabbos, and there is a package with lots of lettering on it. So what do we do there? We learned in previous SLP years about opening packages, the permissibility of op- opening package- packages in order to get to food that is contained therein, but what about the letters? So we refrain from tearing the letters on a package. Um, tearing in between the letters would be okay, as we've referenced several times uh, this year. Um, and I guess if you wanted to, you could actually eat 
the wrapper. <laughs> I don't know if that's recommended, but I guess he could. Just like you can eat the cake, you can eat the wrapper. So similar to the cake, you can tear in between the letters, you can eat the wrapper. Um, but what do you do in a case where you have a wrapper that has like uh, has the name brand or the item uh, um, title all over the wrapper? Uh, I know we have this like on our mouthwash bottles where we have a plastic uh, seal on top of the the top of the bottle, and that plastic seal says Listerine um, all over it in every square inch. Or sometimes you have it like on uh, medicine bottles in the case we need to give medicine on Shabbos. And the top is, in addition to having you know, the childproof uh, top, it also has um, a seal that also has the name of the company or the, um, or the item all over it. So what do you do there? So if there's really no way around it, there's no way to open it, so then we'd have to ask uh, a Shaila, because as we said above, there are certain leniencies in this realm. Uh, I'm referencing the Dogo Murvava that we cited above. But in most cases, if you just take out uh, some scissors or a sharp knife, you can try to cut around the letters. And you do the best you can. And as long as it's not a psikresha, meaning as long as it's not totally inevitable that a letter will be torn, then you do the best you can. You can open the package that way. Okay, so that's all about cakes and packages and, and erasing and destroying letters. Let's talk about one final scenario here, um, which, ha- which happens not infrequently. You take out your benches, they've had some healthy usage over the years, and you're opening, you're flipping through the pages, and there's two pages that are stuck together. When you pry open those pages, there is a chance that whatever was causing the pages to be stuck together could be popped open, and then you had a word that was previously illegible. Um, you know, even if the pages aren't stuck together, if there's some food or something stuck onto the letter, and you want to be able to read the lettering underneath, is there a problem of removing the item that is covering, that is stuck on and is covering the word? Do we see that as um, allowing for writing, right? The principle of erasing is taking away lettering in order to allow for writing. That's the biblical definition of erasing for Hilcha Shabbos. So here you're removing an obstruction that then allows for letters to come through. It may sound like a stretch, but it is so similar to the idea of erasing, which is taking away in order to provide for the presence of lettering, that this is also forbidden on Shabbos. So the post can speak about in a scenario where there is wax covering some letters, you would not be allowed to remove the wax, um, in addition to perhaps maybe some smearing or other prohibitions, but you can't remove the wax to reveal the lettering because that is very similar to the idea of erasing in order to allow for lettering to be formed. So the bottom line is, if you have a, a, bench, a bencher and there's pages that are stuck together, um, it, it, is, it, it depends. If the sticky part, the thing that's sticking the tape pages together, is over lettering and it's really stuck together in a way that you are concerned that if you pull apart the pages then there will be some stickiness which comes off of lettering that would be a problem if it's lightly stuck together or if the sticky part is just at the edges of the paper where there is no lettering then it would be permissible to open those pages so even though we know that it could be an issue it all depends on the scenario so again if you are effectively removing a, uh, a piece of food or dirt that's covering a letter, and thereby revealing that letter and that word, 
that would be an issue. But if in other scenarios where it's not stuck together so tightly, or it's not the sticky part is not on the words themselves, then that would be okay. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're expected to have a quite a cold Shabbos. So let the light of the, and the warmth of Hanukkah, the candles of Hanukkah, the restful quality of Shabbos, let that warm us up along with the warmth of the Torah that we are studying together. And everyone should have a wonderful, peaceful, happy Shabbos Hanukkah.